Yo, this is the ancient Texan. And I've been thinking about something. I hear often people say global warming is an existential threat. What exactly do they mean when they say global warming? is an existential threat. They're trying to say that it's important and that you ought to pay attention. Well, I, I kind of wrote down what I thought existential threat was, and I'll play that back to you now. I'm using that AI to speak my words out, kind of give you a difference instead of just listening to me. Okay, we'll listen to that, and then I'll be back on the other side. I've also created what I call a rating system for existential threat, and I'll play that. Existential threats are rated 1 to 10, where a 1 equals the potential to wipe out 10% of humanity within a finite time frame, and 10 represents the potential to wipe out all of humanity. For example, ETR-10 is the existential threat rating for the next 10 years. So if I said a nuclear holocaust had an ETR-10 rating of 7, I would mean that a nuclear holocaust had the potential to wipe out 70% of the human population in the next 10 years. An ETR-100 rating for a nuclear holocaust of 8 would mean that a nuclear holocaust can potentially wipe out 80% of the human population in the next 100 years. In short, the longer we have nuclear weapons, the potential of an existential event increases with time. The ETR combines the probability of the event occurring within the given time period with its potential severity. Now this is the first draft, so there'll probably be other drafts uh, of this idea and I can already see that it needs to be expanded but this is this is a starting point okay I've just given you a definition of an existential threat let's look at this by the way of examples let's say a nuclear holocaust is an existential threat to humanity correct? Let's say over the next 10 years, there's a likelihood that, oh, let's just say 70% of the world's population could be destroyed. We would say the existential threat rating of a nuclear holocaust in 10 years would be 70, as in 70% of the population. So I would write that ETR 10, the existential rating at 10 years into the future, is 70%. In other words, I think A, nuclear weapons are extremely dangerous, and B, I think it's very likely 
within 10 years that we'll have a nuclear holocaust. Now, my thinking is that if you went out further into the future, like XTR-20, existential rating of a nuclear holotoss 20 years into the future, I would give that about an 80. I think the longer we have nuclear weapons, the more likely someone like Putin, or worse than Putin, or she, or someone worse than she, or... Who's that dude in uh, North Korea? Kim Kim Nutcase. Um, I think if you wait 20 years, I think old Kim will lop some nuclear weapons on us. Now, I only go to 70% of annihilation because I think, you know, the Southern Hemisphere may... Um, escape the worst of nuclear destruction. Uh, there's a story on the beach that was written, I don't know, 40 years ago, and it's about a nuclear holocaust. And it's a pretty scary book. Because back in those days, we actually didn't, trust that the Putins of the world would be good guys and that they would care if they destroyed the world. Or they, we thought someone like Putin that didn't care about life and killing people would come along and for whatever reason, they would push the button. I don't think Putin's that far away from being that guy. I think Putin very easily could be the person that puts pushes the button. So, you could disagree with me on your rating for a nuclear uh, holocaust and how likely it is and how bad it would be. I think if you look into it, you'll see that it could be bad. It could be a rating of 100, 100% of humanity wiped off the planet. How soon that happens, how likely that is to happen, I think we can discuss. But if you're betting on Putin being a good guy to keep your rating small, I think I have uh, a can make a very good case that uh, you're incorrect. Now let's look at some other stuff. Pandemic. Pandemic might wipe out 50% of the world population. And if you just talk about a natural pandemic, virus, bacteria, I think the odds are fairly low that 100% will be wiped out because we've kind of evolved together. It's kind of We have an immune system that's been fighting viruses and bacteria forever. So I, I would give our immune system a pretty good shot at, you know, staying safe. However, if you said an engineered bacteria or virus that 
our immune system has never seen before? I think there are the odds of wiping out most or even all of humanity is, is not a it's not a small number. I think a lot of humanity could die. Asteroid hitting us. Poof, there goes our whole planet. Could we stop some of the smaller ones? Yes. We've shown that we can send a rocket up and use a nuclear weapon and protect ourselves from some of them or, you know, alter their course. Now, let's think about the existential threat of global warming, global changes. Let's say an ETR 10 for global warming. I would say it's pretty close to zero. If you say in 10 years, how much is global warming? What's the odds of it killing even 1% of the population on the earth? I think the odds are zero. I mean, it's, it's very low. Can you give it a one maybe? I don't know. I think that's, in 10 years, I think that's really a stretch. If you do a ETR 100 on global warming, I might imagine a five or three or something, not like 30%, I mean like 3% of the world's population, more like one, like 1% 1 of the world's population. It happens so slowly, and it happens mostly to the poor, but bad things always happen to the poor. That's what it means to be poor. It means you're not empowered, that you don't have the ability to move, to build a shelter, to build a strong house, to build an earth-proof house or a storm-proof house, or to build a good levee or to protect your crops, or to move to where your crops will grow better. That's what poor means. And the poor are even going to get hit by those people that are going to take um, fossil fuels away from them. I think more people will probably die from that than any storm that's ever created by global warming. I know, that makes me a radical, but... We're not hearing the kind of explanations and predictions by scientists that sound like existential destruction of humanity by global warming. You hear these vague language, maybe this could happen, maybe the storms will get worse. Well, yeah, maybe the storms will get worse. Will that wipe out humanity? Humanity is very adaptive. You have more fires? Yes. Turns out that there's not an actual trend upward in storms. In the 30s, apparently, we had a lot of storms, and we've had periods where we have lots of storms. And if we were going on average right now, uh, the world would be getting colder and be going into a glacial age and instead we're warming up so i i don't doubt that we're warming up do i doubt that we can adapt to it 
Nope, I don't. Will poor people not be able to adapt? No, they will not be able to adapt as well. And they won't be able to adapt to white men in power taking away fossil fuels either. They won't be able to adapt to that. Many hundreds, millions of people will adapt if we make fossil fuels more expensive. That's how our whole half the world has got to be rich in the standard of living based on cheap fossil fuels. If you take it away, it will have a consequence. Solar and wind is not ready and never will be. It may someday make up 10, 20%, but it will never be the base supply. We should be making nuclear energy that we can help people switch to um, or something else that's renewable that doesn't put CO2. But wind and solar is not a stable power supply, and you need a base, power, stable power supply. And then you can take advantage of this intermittent power supply. So when we talk about global warming and it being an existential risk, you need to look at, uh, there's a guy out of Copenhagen. I'll try to find his name, put it in the, the list. That's kind of rated all of the things we could spend our money for and which ones would be the most effective in helping our fellow humans. On global warming, the best thing we could do is be doing research to improve our technology. Maybe thorium reactors, fused salt reactors, more efficient solar panels, wind panels better batteries, research to make the missing pieces that we don't have, make them happen, understand the weather better. Research is where our dollars should be going. Electric cars, really nice, very symbolic, has very little to do with global warming, especially now when our power source still has coal in the mix. You just transfer the burning the coal, you know, down the electric line and into your electric car. You don't change anything on the amount of CO2 put into the air. Maybe a little bit because part of your grid comes from renewables, but it's just not significant. If you want to do significant, help Nigeria get off of burning wood and cutting down forests and help them get on the fossil fuels that they have in their country. I know that's radical for you liberals, and it's even radical for you Republicans. Republicans argue against global warming. Well, global warming's happening. If you look at the data and you can't figure that out, then you're not a scientist. But on the other hand, it's all right as a Republican as if you say the Democrats are really not, don't have a plan that's any good. See, I'm... I'm in between the middle of you two guys. I don't think, I believe there is global warming, but B, I don't believe we have a plan. That makes me in the middle, not real popular with anybody. But, call it like it is. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan talking about existential risk. The imaginary existential risk of global warming. I would then direct you to 
to keep sharp and focused on Putin and that you're betting on him that a nuclear weapon is not going to blow up your future. That's who you got your money on, Putin. I think that's a bet I'm going to win. <laughs>